Good morning, Sheila. How are you today? Wayne, I'm super. How are you today? I am excellent. Thank you very much. Great. And welcome everyone to 27 Minutes with Sheila and Wayne, where we talk about skills that have been learned, forgotten, misused, and or totally abandoned as we are trying to change the world or attempting to change the world one verb at a time. <laughs> and Sheila, what is our verb for today? Thank you, Wayne. Our verb for today is to suggest. Suggest. Wow. Yes. Okay. Huh. So uh, I've, yes. I, in looking up the definition, went first in one direction and then later in a different direction and then was able to wrap it up at the end. But the first uh, definition I found was a little more on the passive side, saying to put forward for consideration. And then the second definition was a little more on the active side, which is to mention or imply as a possibility, to propose as desirable or fitting, and to offer for consideration as a hypothesis. So I don't know if you can see it, the difference that I'm talking about. One is a little more friendly, and the other one is a little more assertive. It, it, is, it is exciting that you came up with that. Okay. With that distinction, because I struggled with this word, ah, with this word mm -hmm. for the same reasons. Ah. And, and yes, I have very similar, if not almost exact definitions as you, because I got my definitions from the Cambridge Dictionary and Merriam-Webster. I got Merriam-Webster also. <laughs> so put forward for consideration came from Merriam-Webster as well as mention or imply as a possibility. Um, but from Cambridge, I got to mention as an idea, possible plan or action for other people to consider. Okay. And, and as I was considering all of those hypotheses, if you will, I thought about suggests and I reflected on some of the bosses, leaders that I've, mm. that I've worked for and seen um, who were not my boss, but I saw them in action. And I said, this word suggest has several perspectives, mm -hmm. much like you said, one is very passive, almost innocent, mm -hmm. one is subtle. And then I saw Hmm, a two by four being utilized. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, and my conclusion is it kind of boils down to who's making the suggestion. <laughs> that is exactly right. <laughs> and and what position they hold. Yes. 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 So it, so I, again, exciting because I said, this is one of those verbs that have several perspectives that tend to change the inclination of the verb itself. Yeah. And I have it from three vantage points, a positive approach, a counterproductive approach, mm. and an intimidating approach. Interesting. Does, does that bode, for, bode well as to what you were suggesting in the, uh, in the earlier portion of it being passive or one is not as active as the other? Yeah, but I'd like to hear more about your, your three-part breakdown. Okay. All right. Well, looking at the passive or the positive approach I came up with, um, which is what I think really is most of us tend to think is the helping form of the verb. Mm -hmm. And so those are hints. Um, when the boss or the leader or whomever that individual is, as, as you've so eloquently suggested, it <laughs> depends on the person is where it's coming from, um, as they hint to a group, an individual or a team on possible ways to look at something differently, 
to define the problem differently or to come up with possible solutions. They can they can always do that gentle nudge and, and hint. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the possibility of hmm, a possible plan. Well, let's get our heads together and think of a way that we can get from point A to point Z and have everything in line where it's on time within budget and to the customer or the, you know, the boss's satisfaction. Um, One of those is don't tell us what to do. Let us figure that out for ourselves. However, again, on the positive side, offer some help or guidance to us that we can work through this difficult point in time. So it's like almost helping a group, an individual or team getting unstuck. Uh-huh. Because I know I've been in on jobs this, in, or just fun things in life. A puzzle. Have you ever put together a, a, a thousand or 1500 piece puzzle? Often. I really do like puzzles. Okay. And I, I do it. And so one who doesn't do puzzles a lot I some, sometimes get stuck because I'm like, I just can't find it. And, and you look and you stare at that thing for literally hours mm-hmm. and you still haven't found the piece. And if someone says, well, just kind of rotate one of those pieces around 90 degrees and look at it from that vantage point. And boom, it's all of a sudden, hey, this piece fits right there. And it was right in front of me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sometimes, so sometimes just a slight different perspective or orientation, looking at the problem in a different way, like you say, makes all the difference. The aha moment. Uh Aha. And so again, those are, as you said, the aha moments and, and it's the hints. It's, it's that subtle approach to a positive approach to, um, helping, guiding, nudging individuals in a way without going to the second point that I have, the counterproductive approach which is what I believe happens to some businesses or some business models when the boss or the leader wants something accomplished their way. (laughs) And because that's the only way the task in front of the group can be accomplished. I'm sure we've, I'm sure we've all seen those guys or ladies. And, And that's to suggest that, you know, you use a particular path and method. Oh, you have to do this. You've got to, you've got to take street. You've got to take main street to broad street to get to, the place that you're going. There's no other way to do that. Well, <laughs> well, there has to be a different way, but these individuals have that ego involved mm-hmm. and, and they suggest that you, sometimes they suggest that you stop doing what you're doing and go this route, which is step one, do this. Step two, do that. And then step three, you do this. And that carries on until the end goal looks exactly like the boss or the leader had envisioned it to the task to be done in the first place. Right. And if that's happening, then why even hire those individuals? <laughs> if you want it done that way, just go ahead and do it yourself. And those other individuals, you can save money by not hiring them, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I don't need them. Go ahead. I hear you. I hear you with the yeah. thought. I, I was just thinking it is a different style of leadership whereby, uh, um, the leader really is just looking for, people to do what they're told, but not use their own creativity or to, to try to see beyond the task at hand. Exactly. Exactly. And, and I'm going to let out a little, not a, not a secret, but I'm going to let out a little episode that I went through once and I did not enjoy it, mind you. However, I did put the dots together. And when I connected the dots, 
I came up with one perspective and I asked the individual who was in charge if my dots had lined up correctly. And that person told me, yes, they did. And I appropriately removed myself from that position and walked away. Mm. Here's, here's what I'm talking about. Yeah. It was an interview process for a person coming into our spaces to do a job. I was asked to sit on the committee and come up with some questions because another person was absent um, and that day in time and they needed at least another person because they wanted three individuals on the panel mm-hmm. to interview this, this potential employee. And I said, sure, it'd be fun. And so I researched um, some questions and, and looked at the job and went to the boss who was going to do the job and said, hey, what kind of questions should I ask a person that may be working for you in the future? Um, and that person said, oh, ask these kinds of questions and these kinds of questions because, you know, this is very important. I said, great. So I was all prepared so that the day and time came mm-hmm. to be. I showed up at the panel. Um, and as we were asking questions, I started noticing things because we were asking questions of one person and I asked my questions. I thought they were pretty good because they came from the, from the individual who would be this person's boss. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I, I heard, I, or I heard, or I felt, or I saw, I'm not sure what it was. It was a feeling. It was, I saw it, but it seemed like I was just there as a puppet mm. and just using my mouth to ask questions, which really didn't matter. Because it appeared to me that maybe there was an already an in conclusion um, that mm. was preceding the whole procedure. <laughs> preceding procedure, can I say that? Yeah, um, I know. I know what you okay. Mean. <laughs> and so the second person came comes in, and the same thing happened. Mm. So before the other three individuals came in, I asked the team leader. I said, "What are what am I doing here? What are we doing here?" I feel as though you already know who you're going to hire and we're just going through a procedural formal process that we have to do because um, it would look good on the HR documents. And if anybody looked at this, they mm-hmm. said, yep, you went through the proper steps. That person told me, you are absolutely correct. We already know who we're going to hire. Wow. And, I, and I said, then you're wasting my time and everyone else's time. And I excused myself. They weren't happy with me, <laughs> but, but but that's what I did. I because I felt you, we're you're not even hiring the right person, possibly. Right. And so I, you know, I, I kind of stepped away. So again, I see that as a counterproductive approach because they suggested to me one thing and presented mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's when they're. Uh, so that's when the synonym to suggest is to imply. Um, they implied one direction where, in fact, they were actually going in a different direction. Absolutely. And I wasn't on the team, and I didn't need to know, but I figured it out myself, and wow, I was I was not pleased. So any other time, so, and guess what? Our word from last week, or yeah, last week with our, our guest, Meredith Hancock, mm-hmm. trust, I lost trust in that uh, person. Yeah, yeah. So anytime they asked me for a favor or can you help, I was uh, not ready to step up and say yes. I was very mm-hmm. hesitant because, I, again, I don't want you to waste my time. I don't want to waste your time. Um, you didn't want to be used. 
Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You hired me to do something else. Let me do that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So those are those are the first two, the positive approach and the counterproductive approach. I have the intimidating approach, which I can talk about later. But how about you? What's 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 in front of you that you would like to offer? Well, the first direction I went on was in the um, uh, looking at at okay, looking at suggestion as uh, looking at the differences. Excuse me between suggest, advise, and recommend, and. Ooh. So advise, as I was trying to synthesize what I was reading about it, um, is, is when someone, when you tell someone what you think they should do, um, so something they should follow strictly. So this is like a doctor's advice. A okay. doctor advises you, if you want to save your heart, then get more exercise, you know, whatever. Um, so to recommend is based on my own experience I recommend this restaurant. I loved this meal. But to suggest is an idea or plan for someone to think about on their own. And so, um, for instance, I got some quotes that kind of fit that one. <laughs> so <laughs> it was either Anne Bancroft or Shirley MacLaine. Both of them get credit for saying this. The best way to get most husbands to do something is to suggest that perhaps they're too old to do it. <laughs> 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 or, or I liked that one. So, so uh, the, a, a, a second quote that I got led me in yet a different direction. And this one was uh, an American psychologist, Kay Redfield Jameson, who said, there are a lot of studies that suggest a higher rate of creativity in bipolars than the general population. So then I thought, you know, um, Research often suggests people often that that's in uh, research papers, especially social science or psychological research, um, suggest means a positive correlation between two things. And so that's yet another definition. But um, but generally, researchers say suggest rather than conclude because they want to be really careful about drawing conclusions regarding statistical significance, which is good. They want to make sure an observed difference isn't due to chance. And an example of where they could go in the wrong direction with something is that both ice cream consumption and crime rates rise together in hot weather. But you don't, you can't suggest that eating ice cream causes higher crime rates. So, okay. th so they're, they're not, uh, you can't make a conclusion based on the fact that both of them are affected, uh, are moving higher and lower, uh, depending on the season. So, uh, so the other thing I noticed is that when you look at research, it will suggest things, but when research is reported, the headlines turn to research says rather than research suggests. And, and then the headlines are what grabs people attention. So, so many times, um, we misinterpret what the research actually says, but by the time we read about it, it's a couple of generations down in the repeating of the story, if that makes sense to you. It's kind of like the game of telephone, only on paper or digitally. It does make sense. And typically what I have learned through experience from others, most people that I have talked to, as they're reading an article, if the first, and, and, and we all we, we all went to English class, we know what a thesis statement is, correct? Right. In a thesis paragraph. But they say if the first, second, or third paragraph does not really grab them, um, or if it grabs them initially, and then it wanes into some kind of 
subliminal humdrum, they tend to not finish the article. And what you're saying is, if the meat of that article is really buried in the bottom portion of that article, a lot of people tend to not get there. And they have stopped reading the article halfway through and they missed the main point, but they grabbed the sensationalism of the headline. headline, Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they can walk away with a different conclusion. Right. Intentionally. I mean, and the the, uh, writer may have given that intentional um, misinformation as well. Yeah, so we could bury we could bury the good points way down in the bowels of the article, um, and hopefully people won't find it. It's almost like reading the small print, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 Okay. Well, interesting. I like that. Well, and then I went along a different path, which is, <laughs> um, when have you ever had a suggestion that was life changing? Oh. Has anyone ever given you a suggestion that really had you turn the corner in your life? And this is a really simple answer, and it sounds very superficial. And at first, I meant it as superficial, but then I thought, no, there's some truth to this. Um, In college, I had a boyfriend who suggested that we go out for, who, who, we went out for ice cream. He suggested that we share a caramel sundae. Mm. And I thought, I love caramel sundaes. I don't like sharing my caramel <laughs> sundae. We ended up breaking up, and I'm not saying it was because of that, but it it just showed the difference between the two. I think I'm a little more selfish, <laughs> but I don't think we would have been a good fit. So that okay. suggestion made me really think about the relationship. <laughs> and I know that sound, sounds really shallow, but on the other hand, it was a good outcome. So there, there you go. go. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what nerve he had. Oh, um, I, right. Yes. So, so if you can think of any life-changing suggestions, uh, let me know. And then, uh, then I started thinking about what is the worst suggestion that's ever been made. <laughs> and so, and I decided for me the answer was autocorrect on the iPhone. Oh my goodness! Yes. I, I don't proofread enough, and sometimes my messages are very conf- creative and confusing. Well, I well a life changing thought for me. Yes, and and I have told you this before. It might have even been last week. I'm not sure, but it was in the last couple of weeks. Um, again, in grad school, I had a classmate who told me the seven words yes. about as you're doing listening or as you're engaged in dialogue, and those seven words. And and his name is Mick. I won't say his last name, but his name is Mick. So Mick gets all the credit. But he told me those seven words. While you're in discussion with someone, remember these seven words. Am I listening or waiting to speak? And I think that had changed my listening skills tremendously so that I was hearing and Mm -hmm. understanding what the other individual was saying to me, as opposed to waiting for a pregnant pause where I could jump in and give my two cents and not listening to what they had said. And I think that served me very, very well as um, from that from that point on. Um, so I got to hear and see again, suspending those m- mental models, like Peter Senge says. I got to see those mental models that individuals were describing to me and understand them and understand their position, so that I could then better relate to either the topic, the question, 
or the discussion in the way it was intended. And it, it, mm -hmm. it did change my it changed my life. It really did. Mm -hmm. So I will I will never forget that. And to this day, I still press my fingers on my lips. And when mm -hmm. when I do that, I'm telling my body, I'm telling myself, I'm telling my whole self, are you listening or waiting to speak? And and I have to remind myself that I'm listening. So I, I go back into listening mode. So thank you for that. <laughs> no, thank you, too, because that bears repeating um, many more times in the future, too. <laughs> so. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to what? To 27 Minutes with Sheila and Wayne, and we are talking about Suggest today. Sheila, how can they find you to give you comments, feedback, possible verbs in we the future? We do welcome comments, feedbacks, and verbs for future consideration, and I can be reached at zekeandsheila.com. There's a link to my email there. And I can be reached at wayne at mindsinking.com. My website is mindsinking.com. That's M-I-N-D-S-Y-N-C-I-N-G.com. And you can hit the, the join button, join our discussions, give us some verb feedback, give us feedback on the show, how we're doing, what we're doing, what we're not doing, what we could be doing. And we look forward to that. My third point in this suggestion here, or the, the term suggest, mm -hmm with those pers three different perspectives, the intimidating approach. And the intimidating oh, yes. approach is, you know, too many times I've heard this, and I'm sure we've all, I'm sure a lot of us have heard this, do this my way, or I suggest you find another job. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure many of us have heard that. I've heard that. And, and what does that breed? That breeds micromanagement. It, mm -hmm. it breeds a dictatorial or authoritative attitude. It, it's, it's, there is only one way to do it, and that is my way. And those counterproductive approaches and intimidating approaches stifle innovation. They stifle creativity, risk-taking, self or team efficacy, and can lead to groupthink, which we all know is bad, and groupthink is another term for another episode. Mm. Um, but groupthink is bad, and we see it too often in the news, almost weekly, if you will, that if someone is doing that, that groupthink kind of thing, mm -hmm. it's crippling businesses. And, and as we hear and read about fraud, greed, creative counting, mm -hmm. abuses of power, and the list goes on, but that's what stems from the counterproductive approach and the intimidating approach. Um, I, 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 I read an article, and I, for the life of me, I can't think of the guy's name or the article or the book that I got this information from, but I read an article once, and it was about suggestion. It was about groupthink, and I read it. I, heard, I read what the guy said, and I said, huh, that is pretty cool. And, and so if you will, please forgive me again. I, I don't remember his name or the article, but he said something like this. He said to a group of individuals who were his board, it was his board of executives, mm -hmm. and I think there were about 12 or 15 of them in there, and they came in to discuss an issue, and it took them 20 minutes, and they were ready to go forward. And he said at the end of that, if all of you, after only 20 minutes of discussion, think mm. this is the right way to go, then I suggest... <laughs> We go home tonight and come back tomorrow 
when you can come ready to disagree. And I Interesting. thought, I thought that is absolutely powerful that the boss says we need to come back tomorrow and disagree because he is suggesting we might have come to the conclusion too rapidly or too quickly because everybody in here is saying, oh, that's the way to go. And so because I'm involved in this group or I'm included in this group, I'm going to side with the group. And you know what? We might have missed a whole lot of alternatives, plans, or differentiation um, just because we're thinking we, we need to be with the, with the crowd and, and go with the mm-hmm. crowd. Mm-hmm. Or do what the boss wants, right? Or do what the boss, but the boss, but the boss was the, or the, or the head of the group, because the boss right. was the one who said, hey, and, and I, I think the boss was the only one who could say this at mm. that time to really get the point. If, if you came up with that in 20 minutes, and that's the only way to go, the only way to go, I think you guys need to go home tonight and come back tomorrow so you can disagree. <laughs> you know, it's interesting, that story does remind me of, of, of another story I read of on the internet about using suggestion boxes at work. And the, the point is that if, if an employer is going to set that up, then they have to take it seriously. And one example of a time when Amazon took it seriously was that an engineer that they've given public credit to um, suggested that uh, it would be a lot more efficient to, to, to charge a flat rate for shipping per year rather than shipping for each item that someone orders on Amazon. And that's when they put a team together to think about that idea and came up with Amazon Prime, which has turned out to be hugely successful for Amazon. So, um, so it's not only you don't want a, a minimum discussion and a sort of suggestion, but you want to, as a company, uh, reinforce and support people thinking outside the box. I agree. And, I agree. And Sheila, I was just about to say something. I looked up and it is 26.08 at this time. All right. Well, um, first of all, thank you, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate it. Second of all, um, we did have a suggestion box at our office. They they suggested employee puzzles, and they thought it was great until I saw the dog sneaking in and eating a few of the pieces. But I haven't (laughs) told them yet which one those are because I don't want to discourage them from finishing the puzzle. Oh, no. I know it. I know it. Anyway. Thank you, everybody. Um, As we like to say, it all comes down to relationships and verbs. And we suggest that you listen to more of our podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, everyone. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.